Welcome to the Immigrants Journey podcast, a space where we grow and learn about Ireland's immigrant populations. I'm your host, Carmen Adam, and today I am delighted to have with us Vijay Krishna, whose career started off with selling credit cards and progressed to mechanical production engineering. Vijay also has a postgraduate degree in marketing. His experience spans across marketing, sales, strategy, branding, product management, technology, MICE, employees, and channel partner initiatives. Vijay also has a blog where he covers topics on brands, technology, startups, people, travel, restaurants, sports, and parenting. He writes a special selection under passion about people who go behind their passion and succeed in carving out their own path. He calls it BJCV's Filter Coffee with Pac-Man slash Woman, Passion, Attitude, and Curiosity. How fantastic. I love that title. BJ, welcome. <laughs> yeah, hi. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, awesome, elaborate um, intro. Uh, and it's been a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much. So as always, I like to start from the beginning and get a little bit of background on my guests. Um, tell us about where you were born and what brought you to Ireland. So I was born in a, a state known as Kerala. It's part of India, the southern tip of India. It's known as the Godson country because of the scenic beauty and uh, one of the best tourist places across the globe. So I, uh, I was born there. I completed my education there till engineering. After that, I moved to Mumbai uh, for my uh, work. I was uh, in Mumbai and other parts of the country for around 14 years. And uh, that's when, uh, in, the, in the meanwhile, I got married. I've got a kid. She's now three years old. And um, we were uh, looking for options in terms of uh, uh, moving out of the country and uh, look for uh, uh, to take a break and see how things pan out if we move to a different country and experience the different lifestyle and the culture. So when we are looking out for that, we, we got an opportunity wherein my wife, she's into a, a IT. So she got an opportunity uh, wherein we could uh, move to Dublin and uh, maybe be here for at least say four to five years and see how things uh, shape up. So I thought of uh, quitting my work and moving here because daughter is like, she's three years old. So she wanted someone at home and uh, the school start here at around September. So we moved around April. So we need that, we needed that space of say five to six months to be at home. And uh, so that's how uh, uh, we ended up in uh, Dublin and it's been now what nine months. Uh, it's been a mixed bag of experiences for me in Dublin. Really? So tell us about the adjustment process and the mixed bag. Okay, uh, so uh, I'll start off uh, from the day we landed. So we, uh, and it's a known fact uh, to everyone and anyone and everyone who wants to move to Dublin, accommodation is a major challenge in Dublin. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, uh, we had booked an Airbnb for almost two weeks and we thought that that is a good enough time for us to find out a space and uh, we can move and we can get an accommodation. It's only in the first uh, three to four days that we realized that uh, we may end up running around for months to get in uh, proper accommodation. So that was a real shocker for us. Uh, though we had read about the condition of uh, housing and uh, the challenges in terms of getting a house as quick as possible, 
but we never expected that it's going to be a challenge like this wherein we have to run around and see at least uh, then we learned about the viewings and uh, you apply for the viewings and then you go there we thought initially when we went for the viewing we thought that it will be only one or two people then we realized that there are almost 20 25 families coming for the viewings every time and uh, we would have what uh, we would have uh, seen at least say, 15 to 20 apartments and by the time we had actually made friends with the people who are coming for viewing because there are a lot of families who end up coming for the uh, that it was like a same bunch of people coming again and again so we were internally discussing in terms of who else is coming and picking up the, the flats from us so that so that was like a, uh, so the initial uh, part of finding an accommodation it was a challenge but it was fun uh fun in sense we got to move around dublin uh because as part of the viewing we ended up going to lot of a uh, uh, lot of areas of dublin and uh, and yes so when we end up uh, seeing a flat or apartment then definitely we cannot come back and then again cook and then eat the, during that day so we end up exploring the restaurants also at those places so yes so it, it was fun uh, it was challenging but it was fun You have a very positive attitude to the whole thing. Most people get really frustrated over the whole competition over property and it is like you said it's so difficult to get accommodation here. Um what's been the most difficult obstacle that you've overcome in terms of adapting to Irish culture? Uh so uh if you ask me one of the uh, key things that I would have uh, changed myself uh, would be uh in terms of uh, one definitely the language uh, though we speak english and uh, we come up from a background wherein uh, everyone speaks english but um, to pick up the la- the accent of uh, the people around here and uh, to understand because the sp- the speed and the pace at which uh, people speak it's it's quite uh, uh, exciting if you ask me uh, <laughs> i love the way you put that exciting <laughs> uh, so, so it took uh, it took us a couple of uh, uh, weeks to actually uh try to get the uh, uh to understand the uh, speed and the pace at which people talk and the uh, the uh, lingos that people use like craig and and whenever you people you ask people they say they are we are grand so then we really couldn't understand what it was then we understood oh, it's like we are great doing great and things like that so yes so that that's uh, that was a, a thing i think we got uh, adjusted to uh, initially uh, right from the start and uh, again going back to the viewing thing so viewing helped us in this also because we were talking to a lot of real estate agents and a uh, lot of land owners who were uh, born and brought up in ireland so talking to them and interacting them for with them for almost a month's time uh, helped us to learn the uh, uh, language as well yes oh that's really interesting it's all sorts of ways of learning stuff and that's certainly one of them Do you feel like you had to let go of certain aspects of your own culture in order to adapt here? Uh yes, definitely. Uh one in terms of the food habits. Uh so the we are used to a lot of spicy food. Uh so yes and uh, and a lot of uh, varieties of vegetables and a uh, lot of masalas and spices if you ask me. So uh i now uh, in the last 9 months we have figured out where are the indian um, or other asian supermarkets which are available and uh, we know from where to pick up the spices but in the initial say 3 to 4 months we were really missing uh, the uh, the food 
uh, and uh, that was one secondly um, uh, we were uh, like if you uh, look at india as like uh, more or less though people move out and start working to, and they move to other cities there's a great culture of joint family and the values that they carry around the family that uh, members and things like that so uh, we have a great uh, uh, set of family uh, it's a huge family wherein if you ask me there are around say 150 to 200 people in the family so everyone is connected so and majority of them are still in india so uh, moving away from them especially uh, my parents and uh, my wife's uh, parents and for my, even for my daughter because she she was too much attached to the grandparents and so to move out and then come here so it was a emotional uh, uh, challenge for us yeah i can imagine that it would be especially if you're so close to your family like you said what helps you push through resistance and succeed so uh, as you had uh, rightly mentioned say a while back so i try to keep myself uh, positive about things that happen around us so um, uh, so the, so i think that you keep yourself positive there definitely there are a lot of negative things that happen around us uh, because life is not going to be 100% uh, uh, good for everyone because you go through a curve you go up and you come down and then again you go up so it's uh, how uh, you keep yourself positive when you are on that uh, downward trend and then uh, pick up uh, the pieces and see how you can again uh, put together everything and again go back and it's very true and it's very good advice do you have a daily habit or practice that you feel contributes to your success in life uh okay daily habit uh, i don't know if it's a daily habit but uh, uh one i think it's like uh, i have been associated with the sports for quite a long time mm. uh yeah so i've been uh, part of the college hockey team uh and then i've been associated with uh, sports in a long way then back in uh, india where i was um, living for the last 14 years it's a place known as stani near to mumbai so i used to run a club the, uh, the club is still uh, uh, completely functional as we speak there is a match currently happening there so we, we have a football club and uh, we had around uh, we still have around 250 players associated with us so when when you are uh, associated with sports definitely uh, uh, what do you call uh, you, you need to be positive uh, you get to learn it's a great learning sports is a great learning uh so you, you because you lose matches definitely it's not that everyone goes there and wins matches daily day in and day out so you'll end up losing a lot of matches then again if you want to come back and play it's the positive attitude that brings you back to the game so i end up reading a lot of uh, sports related articles and uh, keep myself updated with sports uh, on a daily basis so that i think keeps that positive energy coming back to the uh, whole uh, uh, spectrum of things very good and yeah in sports is a really good one where you constantly have to adapt because the team's going to do something even if you observe them from for a long time they're going to do something unpredictable and then you have to respond to that and that's exactly how life is you make oh, yes. definitely uh, you 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 were bang on with that because uh, it's it's a team game at the end of the day and you don't know uh, how you, you don't know how the other player is going to perform and it's when all come together and put uh, the equal effort that's when your team wins 
so it's equally important in terms of your contribution and others contribution and definitely life is similar to that uh, it's there's no point you putting 120% 150% and doing a lot of things and but if things are not uh, other things are not falling in place then it's like you are just uh, swimming without a swimming pool so that's how it is <laughs> exactly what's the best business advice you've ever gotten uh so uh i interact with a lot of uh, people across the uh, industries and across uh, if you call uh, across genres of uh, the uh, businesses so one with one uh, what do you call one advice that i keep uh, getting or one uh, trend that i could realize is that you have to take risk uh taking risk is one way of uh, keeping uh, yourself ahead of the curve because uh, yes there are people definitely there are people who do the traditional thing and they are doing really good in life i'm not saying that they are not doing that but for a person to move exponentially ahead uh, you need to take risk so uh, taking risk uh, and you need to have that appetite of taking risk uh, otherwise you will end up doing the same stuff the mundane stuff uh, you you might be doing good in life there's nothing wrong in that but if you want to experience because the life is going to be like what 40 years 50 years or max what in ireland i understood that the life expectancy is pretty good so maybe 85 or 90 uh, so in that time period time span if you want to uh, what do you call explore yourself and try to see and do a lot of things then you have to take risk uh, measured risk yes definitely because uh, as the age progresses the appetite of taking risk also slowly comes down and uh, the calculated risk uh, definitely comes in so if you are around say 20s uh, early 20s because now i can see people even at the age of 13 to 15 are becoming ceos of companies and startups and things like that wow so yeah so so they they can take risk because uh, the uh, liabilities around them are pretty minimal or uh, there's nothing around them so they definitely can go out and face the risk so when you see the when slowly and steadily the age goes up uh, so people if you look at a lot of startups which have been coming up in the last uh, say 5 to 10 years the age group of those people would be like what 20 to 26 28 the uh, the founders and ceos so that is yeah. the age when the, you should take risk definitely have to take risk i feel that i should have taken a uh, lot of calls uh, long back and uh, tried a lot of stuffs but uh, it's never late so i thought it's better to take the risk and try something new and uh, uh, like you like you are uh, coming out with podcast so yes it's something different so it like you have to do something different and see if it's working or not so until unless you try you don't know if it works out or not that's exactly correct how do you deal with failure okay uh, failure uh, i take failure as a uh, platform to learn things um, i have failed so yes uh, you fail as a uh, what do you call you uh, the first uh, failures that you face is when you end up um, giving exams and you yes definitely flunk a couple of papers and you feel that okay you should have studied and whatever the reasons you got hundreds of reasons to uh, what do you call come back and say that i could have done this and maybe i would have cleared those things and stuff like that but yes uh, uh, so right from there to uh, say applying for jobs and uh, again going back to sports uh, you play you lose games so, so failure definitely happens um, then uh, in your workplace when you work you Uh, and do stuff there are stuff which work out there are stuff which doesn't work out you you end up getting lot of a uh, uh, lot of uh, talks from your uh, 
seniors and uh, superiors saying that you could have, you could have done better and things like that so that happens so it's it's uh, uh, how you take it so i take it as a learning experience and uh, uh, one one key thing is that uh, yes it's a learning experience that, but uh, i keep in mind that i have to make sure that the same failure doesn't happen again so uh, failures will happen that's for sure but uh, it's it's key to uh, the the success uh, will come where and you don't end up doing the same uh, failure thing then it's it's not a failure it's more like a you are uh, you are not learning from your mistakes yes uh, so yeah so you learn from that and make sure that you don't repeat that and you adjust or modify your whatever your work or your lifestyle according to that to make sure that you don't end up doing the same thing again great advice for everyone so let's talk about your blog what got the idea in your head to start a blog and to write because you write about a lot of different topics and i'm actually oh. going to start reading it especially when i saw the word startups in there i'm like oh my god why don't i know about this so i'm delighted to have discovered you <laughs> <laughs> great uh, so uh, i did my mba say 12 years back so we used to uh, uh so i had one of my partners uh, during that time who uh, partner in sense quizzing partner uh, so because in ireland the partner word has got a different uh, connotation so yes uh, so my quizzing partner so we were into quizzing uh, and uh, so we ended up uh, attending a lot of um, uh, campus quizzes during that time and uh, in india there are a lot of uh, quizzes that happen around the colleges and uh, business quizzes brand related stuff so we used to attend that and then we thought that uh, why don't we put up uh, all those stuffs in a blog and start writing things so we both together started a blog here around 12 years back and then uh, that was uh, running pretty well and then we both joined corporate world and both were busy with their our own stuffs got married uh, our own pr- uh, priorities changes in life so uh, things moved ahead and we were not able to focus on that uh say around two two and a half years back i thought uh, uh i think it's time to again go back to writing so then i thought i will uh, pick up a domain on my own name vijaykrishnacv.com uh, and i thought i'll start writing and i initially started writing about uh, uh i'm a foodie and i eat a lot of uh, uh, different varieties of food whatever is possible so i started writing about food and then uh, marketing and stuff like that so one thought i had was uh, in mumbai if you see there are a lot of street food joints that there, that are there okay and they are really good people and uh, uh, they know to make food and they know how to uh, please the customer so that's what they know they don't know anything other, other than that uh, they don't know what to do to increase their sales uh, it's all word of mouth uh, publicity that normally happens for a street food vendor so that's when i realized that uh, if i start writing about people who are there doing their street food thing and the story behind them it will be a nice way to connect with them for me and for people who are reading because if when you're going to a place as a new person and you see a street food vendor you will not really uh, go and start eating because you're not sure whether the quality of food is right or not whether he is giving a uh, right uh, uh, good quality food so there will be a lot of hundreds of questions that come in mind and you end up maybe not eating at that place so i thought if the food is good and the people are good i think i thought i should write about them so that's when i started writing about the street food joints uh, so and i'm still in touch with many of them who keep calling me in terms of because now they are uh, aware about the instagrams and the facebook pages and things like that so they i keep 
chatting with those people and they keep asking me uh, in terms of what we can do in insta what we can do and fb uh, tiktok and stuff like that so it's it's a so it was a, it was a nice way to start off and then uh, i started writing about technology i, I had my own thoughts of uh, future how it's going to be in terms of what are the things that can come and impact uh, and a lot of things happening now currently because of technology uh, and uh, before moving to ireland then i thought that uh, it's now time to uh, actually do something different on the blog page itself so that's when i started uh, researching about people and uh, picking up people who actually have gone behind their passion and started doing things and uh, so uh, then i started off uh, writing to people saying that uh, hey you have done such a wonderful work and uh, this was not your field in which you studied but you this is something different that you are doing so why did you end up doing that and i spoke to at least say four or five of them then the common link is that it's the passion uh, of doing particular uh, activity that has pushed them to actually do that startup so uh, then i uh, thought of putting up a, a special uh, special page on my blog page so then i curated that and i like pacman uh, the game the good old game so uh, i was uh, reading about pacman and uh, this thought was also there in my mind in terms of the writing about startups then i ended up creating pack which is passion attitude and curiosity so uh, i write about people now who uh, have a passion to do things and the right attitude and they are curious about things happening around them so that's how the startups come up because if you are curious about things happening around you you end up giving solutions to that and that's become becoming the startups so yes so it's been interesting stuff uh, so far that's so accurate what you said about once you start becoming curious about things you start trying to figure out solutions to problems so in my third year at university i was doing work experience for a mental health clinic and from speaking with the mental health professionals there they offer services in 15 different languages so a lot of the clientele were foreign nationals and um from speaking to them they were saying that a lot of the people that would come in with depression and feelings of loneliness was because they had difficulty integrating into irish culture and learning the language so from those conversations and another work experience that i did um with this other company which i won't name for many reasons but anyway it got this idea into my head to create an app a language learning slash social integration app and now i'm teaming up with some of the lads in the computer science department cuz see i study psychology so i don't have the coding wow. abilities that's necessary but um i can do the market research the focus groups do thematic analysis and like figure out what exactly people would like which features people would find most useful so i'm really really keen on getting this started once i graduate next summer but it's exactly what you said like you see a problem and then you start thinking how could i solve this for people because it's like i mean i've been a lifelong immigrant myself so i know right. exactly how it is when you move to a new place it can be a really difficult and lonely time yes definitely uh, so it's like you you uh, you got it absolutely right in terms of uh, it's it's uh, about giving solutions to people rather than getting bogged down and saying that hey things are not working around for me because you, you definitely uh, because at the end of the day this is the society that you are living in and so if you either you can keep complaining about things that's happening around you and uh, 
uh, go into a shell or rather come out and say that uh, uh, okay maybe this is the solution that i can come out with and maybe it can help people and myself to keep moving ahead Exactly. Oh, I wanted to ask you about something that I read in the about section of your blog. And that was you went diving in a shark tank. And (laughs) that just sounds so cool and so scary. And the other one, you did you drive a tank in Hungary? Oh, yeah. Tell me about those two experiences. That is too cool. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll first uh, talk about the uh, sharkage diving thing. So uh, I had been to Cape Town because uh, in my previous role, I used to handle a lot of global conferences. So uh, as part of that, uh, so uh, I used to go to the location and see if the place is conducive enough for doing the conference. And along with the conference, we end up, uh, we try to give a couple of uh, adventure activity experiences for the people who are attending the conference. So I used to go and explore these adventure activities myself first and to see how uh, easy or uh, the level at which the adventure activity is so that because the age group of the people attending the conference are like from say right from 28 to say 60, 65. So I need to make sure that it's going to be safe for everyone who's going to do that. So I end up doing a lot of, uh, I explore the places and end up doing a lot of adventure activities and then decide, okay, this is what uh, needs to be done. So I was in Cape Town and uh, this place is say uh, two and a half hours drive from Cape Town. Uh, so it's one of the world's uh, best uh, sharkage diving locations. Uh, and so we thought if that's going to be uh, a great experience, then we should first go and try ourselves. So I went there. Uh, so they give, so from Cape Town, you like, you need to leave at around morning, say 4.30 in the morning and they drive to this place, beautiful scenic drive. Uh, around uh, along the coastal line we reached there they go, gave us a pep talk it's it's a training talk but it's more like a pep talk for me because you're going to the ocean you don't know what is i don't know swimming so you're going to ocean and that with the sharks uh, with people you don't know and you are uh, completely believing everyone what they're saying so it was more like a pep talk for me they, they said okay this is what will happen the wave will come in we go inside in the boat and then we go inside, we go in deep to the sea and then we we'll keep waiting for the shark to come in. And when the shark comes, we'll have the cage going down and then you jump into the cage and then you see the shark. I said, wow, cool, exciting. <laughs> yeah, exciting yeah. is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got into the boat. Uh, it's, 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 a big, it's not a small boat. It's like a, a big, decent boat wherein uh, they do this... Uh, a dolphin uh, watching and things, stuff like that. So similar to that. So it's a big boat. So we were around, say, I think uh, 15, 20 of us, which were there on that uh, boat. We went to the middle of the sea. I would not say middle, at least location, at least wherein I could not see anything else other than water. So we reached this place and to attract the sharks, what these people do is that they carry meat with them. Ooh. Yeah, and that too with the blood and all. So they keep cutting the meat and they start throwing it into the water. So that attracts the sharks. Uh, so when you do that, there are a lot of seagulls flying around you. Uh, and they come and start uh, picking up the chunks of meat and stuff like that. So, uh, and there are a lot of, the sea, if, if it is rough, there is a lot of wind coming on uh, on the boat. And uh, there were uh, moments wherein the seagulls were picking up the meat and the whole meat and the blood is coming on your face because of the wind and stuff like that. Uh, so that was one side of that. Secondly, uh, for people who are not fit enough and who have got a, uh, even a slightest amount of, uh, I would say, tummy, uh, for them, it's going to be a tough task because I do have a 
tummy and it it's difficult to get into that outfit of uh, shakish diving because it's super tight uh, it will fit you but then once you put that and all those gears and things like that the pressure comes start coming right on your tummy oh and that too with your water being choppy and all those uh, blood coming on your face and things like that uh, automatically you go into a different zone altogether uh, in terms of uh, why i have come to this place i whether i could pull this off or gonna puke or what's gonna be so i was all decked up uh, with all this this thing and all and they put a iron chain around your uh, uh, stomach so that you stay under the water and you don't come up uh, floating back so they asked who is the first one to jump into the water so i was say let me finish off and get out of this uh, uh, stuff so i said okay i'll go in they said okay fine we'll tell you when it's happening when the shark is coming and you can go in Okay, I said okay, fine. Or you can go inside and wait. They said inside the cage. So I said okay, I will go inside the cage and wait. So they, the cage was outside the boat, and you can actually uh, jump into the cage. So I uh, went into the cage, and uh, they said you can go down and see if the shark is coming or not. So I tried for five ten minutes. There was nothing happening, and then I was I brought my head outside and was just waiting for that. And they said, hey, there's a shark coming, coming, come, go, 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 go down. So I was like, wow, shark is coming. I went down and I could see it's a huge shark coming with their, its mouth completely wide open. I can see the jaws and all. It's coming with full speed. Then suddenly I realized, I don't know whether the cage is covered from the bottom or not. So I was like completely in shock in terms of, I don't know what to do. It's It's like, it will be there in a couple of seconds the shark is coming really fast and it can it can see me i can see the shark so that's how it is so i tried to quickly i went up again and said is the is the cage covered from the bottom yes 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 go down go down is <laughs> any back so it came, it comes and uh, it sometimes it comes and hits the cage uh, but uh, most of the time it comes near you it floats uh, and then it just passes uh, next to you so but great experience a uh, huge water body and uh, inside the water body uh, you see the shark that to uh, r- right up your uh, what you call nose it's it's a super experience it sounds amazing really oh, really does yes it's it's a diff- it's a experience uh, yes you should uh, uh, do that once in a lifetime it's it's fun so uh, before doing this i ended up uh, uh i made sure that i am not watching anything related to animal planet or national geography for the two months because there were a lot of things wherein they said okay there are accidents which happen in this and things like that so when i decided that i'm going to do this i stopped watching national geography and uh, animal planet for almost two to three months because i don't want to accidentally watch something like this and uh, uh, have that in back of the mind that i will not be able to do that so yeah yes, it was fun yes <laughs> very good so how about the driving the tank that's a more unusual one i've oh, never heard of anyone who's not in the military that's driven a tank <laughs> uh, so uh part of the world war 2 i think uh, there are a lot of uh, i would not say a lot of i think at least a handful of uh, tanks which are there towards the border of hungary so we went for a conference in budapest and similar to exploring uh, adventure activities i ended up uh, finding out that there are tanks which can be Uh, shown to the uh, people who are coming for the conference so normally how it works is that uh, they will take you to the area where the tanks are there we go there and uh, they drive the tank they are all ex military people they know how to do that and they are the people who normally drive the tank and the people who want to take a ride they actually climb on top of the tank they stand there 
and they don't get to see what is inside the tank and all. So they just stand there, hold the other thing, and then he takes you for a ride. It's like he does whatever he wants to do with the tank. So uh, with a uh, swampy land and things like that, it goes left, right, center, what, and then it's like a seven to eight minutes ride, and they drop you back. It's a great experience. It's really so cool. I said, yeah. So I said, uh, uh, I want to do this for my people, but uh, before that, I want to see uh, how. Uh, what is the experience of uh, actually sitting inside and doing this? Uh, then he said, you want to drive this tank? I said, why not? Then he said, okay, we normally don't do this, but if you want, uh, maybe I can try that because today there are not many people around us. And even if you end up going into the swampy area and do something, uh, we will be safe. There is nothing to worry about that. Then I said, okay. Then I climbed inside the tank. They closed the tank and I got inside. Uh, awesome experience of driving a World War II tank, I think. It's a World War II tank. Uh, so you press the gas, uh, full throttle, it keeps going. And then the initial first two, first couple of uh, uh, the dungeon type of the things that they created, and the, the tank goes completely down and it comes back. So in that, you really feel that whether I'm going to come out of this or not. Well, so he said, you keep pressing the gas, it will come out, don't worry. So I did that. After the two... Um, what do you call it? Uh, two of those uh, things that I did after that, I was pretty confident. Then I was like going berserk with the tank, left, right, and center, swaying it, and a lot of things. After that, five minutes, he said, Now it's time to go back. You have done enough with the tank. Now let's You're having go too back. much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 a once in a lifetime opportunity of uh, driving a tank because you never, never really get to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds super cool. Yeah. The other thing that um, you wanted to talk about was technology and technology being the greatest tool which brings people together. So, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, things have changed in the last, say, uh, 10 years. So, now, uh, anyway, we are in December 2019. So, it's almost the end of the decade. Another five, five years. In a week's time, we are into the next decade altogether. So if you ask me, this decade, like 2010 to 2020, has seen a drastic change in the way things have uh, been happening around us, uh, right from social media, right from keeping uh, uh, the connections with the people, Facebook, WhatsApp, uh, what whatnot, TikTok, WeChat. So a lot of things happening around social media. A uh, lot of good things, a lot of positive things, a lot of negative things as well because of that. Uh, but yes, it gives you a platform to connect with people across the globe. So now we're sitting uh, at a different place and we are uh, talking on a podcast, definitely courtesy technology. Uh, similarly, uh, uh, when you, from a very immigration perspective also, uh, people used to move to other countries and uh, they used to miss the family and then they wait for six to eight months or one year or two years to go back and see their family and friends and things like that. Now with the WhatsApp call and Skype and things like that, uh, the moment I feel that I want to talk to my friends or uh, my family or uh, my daughter keeps telling me that uh, she wants to talk to her grandparents, I have just to dial my WhatsApp call or something like that and put that and she's comfortable talking to them. So you don't actually feel that you are away from people. So definitely that is great work by technology. Uh, in addition to this, a lot of things happening in terms of uh, artificial intelligence, uh, internet of things, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality, wherein you you end up getting into different uh, uh, different experience of things happening around you. 
so a lot of things happening around that uh, and uh, everything if you see the whole of things that are happening around uh, i would uh, bucket them into three this three buckets uh, i will classify them into three buckets so one is uh, there is a lot of talk happening around the curables thing so that is like people talk about voice is being the uh, next generation thing so i call them as hearables wherein you talk to devices who can hear you so right from facebook to shows, uh, whatsapp uh, it's more like a typing platform but at now if you see there are a lot of uh, uh, people who end up sending voice notes and uh, they're more comfortable doing that in addition to that you see alexa siri google home uh, and a lot of devices where you can talk to them and uh, they listen to you and then they answer your queries or they do things for you so definitely that's one bucket of uh, things that i would uh, see it's a great uh, thing which has happened second would be the wearables uh, all your fitness freaks wearing your smart uh, the smart gadgets and things like that your smart watches uh, so a lot of things you can actually wear on your body and you can do things and it automatically captures and it and uh, i have uh, read couple of articles wherein has been doing great with the health uh, tech as well in terms of wearables so patient monitoring and things like that so you just uh, need to wear something and automatically your heart condition and the blood pressure and things like that is monitored any fluctuation is been uh, shared with the doctor so great uh, uh, technology thing that's happening there there and uh, so uh, if you see uh, the augmented reality and virtual reality and all it's a mix of your hearables and wearables and then changing the uh, surroundings around you so it's a mix of both of them uh, but i could uh, foresee things uh, going from here and i uh, see the future going into something known as terrables uh, so this is something i wrote let's say 6 years back uh, for a competition wherein i had to write something on future and things like that so i had bucket i had classified this into three buckets so one was hearables and this is wearables and the third thing i foresee is something not so terrible okay. terrible with a t uh, yeah terrible with terrible. a t okay yeah terrible okay uh, so i could uh, see that like uh, with the uh, onset of technology and things getting cheaper day by day all the tech stuffs uh, because initially your computers were very costly your mobiles were costly now uh, things are getting cheaper and cheaper because of the new things that gets invented on a daily basis and as we speak also someone would have invented something so that's how the world is moving so i feel that uh, there will be a time when in wherein you want to go into a meeting normally we carry our notepads and pens and what not to make sure that we capture everything from the meeting so there will be a time wherein you just walk into a meeting you love a thin chip of a uh, a thin chip you love carrying with you you just uh, keep the chip it captures everything that's happening in the meeting and uh, you tap it and it automatically puts everything on your cloud and you just tear it off put it in the waste basket and just walk out mm. so that's way may, i i think i see that future going to that direction pretty soon because of technology getting cheaper day by day and accessible to everyone day by day that is the cheaper version of that i could see a very sophisticated and complex version of that in a way that uh, since uh, everyone is using n number of gadgets nowadays you use a mobile phone then a, a tablet then a laptop then you have a tv uh, and a lot of other things that's there so i feel that there will be a, uh, there will be a future wherein you will have one one device 
and from that device you can start tearing apart things so you want to use the mobile you just tear one portion of that it becomes your mobile you take it walk off and use it as a mobile uh, you want to make it a tablet you put together that and it becomes a tablet and then you put together all the joints and becomes a big tv screen for you so i think you will pretty soon uh, uh, see something like that that sounds really exciting i'm i'm really really keen about the next decade and what new things are going to develop um what do you, what would you say has been your greatest achievement since moving abroad to ireland uh two things one in terms of uh, talking to a lot of uh, startup people and uh, the founders and the ceos and uh, getting to know about their stories uh so uh, one is in terms of uh, talking to the startup uh, ceos and founders uh so uh, when we when i decided to quit and move here we definitely knew that uh, at least for 6 to 7 months time i will not be working because we need someone at home to take care of the daughter and uh, wife has to uh, be uh, in her job full time uh, doing it stuff it's not easy tech stuff uh, and uh, so we knew that it's going to be at least a, a good period of 7 to 8 months where i have to uh, do nothing normally so then i decided of this uh, startup and ceo thing and the blogs and interviews and things like that so which i would not have done if i had not moved here and taken a break and things like that so definitely it's a great uh, i would consider it a great achievement because uh, on a normal day you cannot uh, you will not end up talking to the startup ceos and the founders and learn their stories and the background and how they have actually succeeded in doing that so that's one major achievement uh but if you ask me personally uh my greatest achievement would be the time that i could spend with my daughter uh so back home when i was working that in mumbai traffic is crazy you leave home by around 8 in the morning for the work and then you end up getting back to house around us say 8 in the evening so when you up in the morning she will be sleeping so you don't end up actually uh, getting any time with her and when you're back from work one you are completely tired uh and you got hundreds of things running around your mind and second um, you get hardly what one hour or two hour max to spend with her uh and in that also you'll be having your food and things like that so you actually don't get any quality time spent with her in the last 9 months the level of bonding that i have developed with my daughter is immense and i don't think uh, anything could actually replace that uh in terms of the personal achievements that i would have uh, uh achieved uh, in, in my whole uh, life span so it's it's a great uh, bonding uh, the way in which uh, she demands uh, attention and he asks you to do hundreds of things but you end up uh, doing that uh, uh, knowing that this is the moment that you can actually cherish going forward uh, and uh, uh, i am making her the most of it in terms of i'm really enjoying that parenthood part yes ah that's lovely absolutely lovely i have one final question for you yeah what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first moved to ireland uh okay uh, so uh, we felt that uh, like moving to any country it's going to be re- really uh, difficult in terms of uh, moving to a new country meeting people and things like that we felt that it's uh, really challenging uh so we had been discussing this for the last i think 5 to 6 years in terms of whether we need to go out and uh, to a new country and see how things will 
shape up for us and whether do that or not but we were always apprehensive in terms of uh, whether things would be good and whether we will be able to adjust to that or not uh, so when we moved to ireland uh, i felt that it's completely different it's like it was uh, till now it's like a cakewalk in terms of moving to a new country and adjusting with people uh, i would uh, say that it's uh, so if i had known this before that say i would have moved to ireland say 5 to 6 years back and uh, uh, by now i would have become like uh, i would have known the whole, uh, entire uh, span of ireland uh, so uh, so yes definitely so i would say that uh, if you ask me uh, particularly from a ireland perspective you know, people have been very receptive very helpful uh, i play football with the uh, irish people here on every fridays and sports is a great universal language so when you are part of sports you actually end to under end up understanding uh, the mindset of people around you and uh, it's it's uh, it's a great uh, way to connect with people and to learn the local culture and also to understand in terms of uh, the uh, helping mentality of the people and how receptive the people are and i felt uh, it, it, the people in ireland are super ha- super helpful if you ask me so if you if i am going out somewhere and i don't know the place if i end up asking someone he at least ends up walking 10 meters along with me to show the places now if from you go there you go this way and then you have to go there straight and even if you miss that you can ask someone there so it it and uh, i've traveled to other places in the globe and uh, compared to that uh, people in ireland is super receptive It's nice it's nice when I chat with everybody that's the thing that always comes back is how friendly and welcoming and helpful Irish people are and I've experienced the exact same thing myself so that's lovely BJ thank you so much for taking the time to share a bit of your journey with us today and you can find BJ's blog at vjkrishnacv.com I'm going to put link in our show notes as always and you guys can like us on Facebook share your favorite episodes and don't forget to give us a rating wherever you listen to the podcast and until the next journey ciao